truck and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Thursday. Thanks for tuning in here today. Live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. I'm Steve Dace. Todd Erzin, Aaron McIntyre are here. If you'd like to join us, 888-933-93 is the number. That's 888-933-93. Try liking us on Facebook, but I would not be optimistic that it will ever actually occur. Man, it, it's pretty random. I, I think we're, we did the math and about one out of every 47 attempts to like this program actually shows up on our Facebook page. But give it a shot if you're bored. You can also follow us on Twitter at Steve Day Show. Email the program, steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. And if you are listening to us today via the podcast, if you wouldn't mind leaving us a five-star review wherever you podcast from, we would be more than grateful to you for doing that. Thank you to the thousands of you that have done that already. Please keep those coming. The more of those we get, the more people like you we get as well. Jam-packed Thursday here for you. Some Theology Thursday coming your way next hour. Our weekly prophet of woe and lamentation, Daniel Horowitz, will be here as well as three non-political questions at the bottom of this hour. But before we get to all of that, first, we must find out what happened while we were away what happened while we were away brought to you by the content you're here for the u.s military released drone footage depicting the raid on former isis leader abu Bakr al-baghdadi from last weekend including this video of a bunch of his men being blown back to the stone age this picture shows the before and after of baghdadi's compound and for those of you listening there's literally nothing left Moving on, the other day, President Trump shared an obviously photoshopped picture of the dog credited with hunting down al-Baghdadi. The photoshop was done by the Daily Wire. It shows President Trump presenting the dog with a metal shaped like a paw. So, of course, the New York Times fact-checked the photo. Trump tweets faked photo of hero dog getting a medal. The 562-word article goes into great detail about the original photo, interviews the subject of the original photo, and generally smacks of somebody needing a life. This ad aired during last night's Game 7 of the World Series. President Trump is changing Washington, creating 6 million new jobs, 500,000 new manufacturing jobs, cutting illegal immigration in half, obliterating ISIS, their caliphate destroyed, their terrorist leader dead. But the Democrats would rather focus on impeachment and phony investigations, ignoring the real issues. But that's not stopping Donald Trump. He's no Mr. Nice Guy, but sometimes it takes a Donald Trump to change Washington. I'm Donald Trump, and I approve this message. Twitter announced yesterday they'll be banning all advertisements on their platform, which they deem to be political. In other news, Elizabeth Warren talked about how she'll enforce her wealth tax. And built right into the plan is super-duper enforcement. No more, you know, you assign two IRS agents to try to keep up with the whole thing. Nope, we put it right into the cost. Learning Spanish today, today's phrase is super duper enforcement from a super duper Native American. Super duper aplicación de un super duper nativo americano. Joe Biden made a joke. We'll buy a house, a three bedroom house with four kids and a grandpa living with us. It was okay. 
Although I do wonder how my parents got by. Those walls are awful thin. Let's check in on the UK and their new election. Well, if you are describing Jeremy Corbyn as business as usual, then you haven't been reading the newspapers or watching the television. He was green before the Greens existed. He rode a bike. He's got an allotment. He will do both. He will bring social justice and a green revolution. So have the vision on the Greens, but vote Labour if you really want it, it to happen. It's got to be more than allotment. And let's just look at the facts. In 2017, John, there was 14... John, mansplaining? There was, this is the I'm first day of the you, election. I'm Adam. And Adam has and asked me just... to respond. And if you continue to mansplain, I'll have to complain. Please don't resort now. to sexism. And we're, we're trying to have a conversation well, about the fact. Well, could you stop mansplaining? Yeah. I've asked you three times. The next video is not for the faint of heart. The video is from a website whose name I can't actually say on air. It features a bunch of young girls rapping very lewdly about President Trump and so-called feminism. That pig! Don't no respect! Check out my p- You're gonna get wrecked! Planned Parenthood, healthcare, and a dinner party of Three high school girls from Connecticut who allege they're being pushed out of girls' athletic competitions by dudes who feel pretty will have their complaint heard by the Federal Department of Education's Office for Civil Rights. Selena Sewell, a senior from Glastonbury, Connecticut, and two other girls who remain unnamed out of fear of retaliation lodged a complaint with the help of their legal team from the Alliance Defending Freedom. And finally, the good people at the Babylon Bee put together a handy style guide for news corporations after last week's debacle at the Washington Post. Instead of saying terrorist, say austere religious scholar. Instead of saying Joe Biden, say austere hair sniffer. Instead of saying Planned Parenthood, say austere baby scholars. Instead of saying Hillary, say president. Instead of saying the Elon Omar marriage scandal, say nothing at all. And that's what happened while we were away. Aaron's Montage brought to you by Relief Factor. If you're one of millions of Americans struggling with chronic pain as a result of too much inflammation in the body, relief might just be one click away. Go to relieffactor.com right now and get what's called the starter kit. They offer this way below cost. In fact, it doesn't get much lower below cost than this. A dollar. A dollar a day. Okay? A dollar a day to give this a shot for three weeks because they're so confident they're going to help you. They're daring you to call their bluff because they think... It's going to help, and you're going to get relief, and you're going to come back for more. Four key, all-natural ingredients, 100% drug-free, even though this is a formula created by physicians, not, you know, uh, you know some folks, you know, doing uh, natural home births uh, in between granola crunches. You know, not necessarily that's a terrible thing. I just don't know that I want them planning out, you know, uh, my health regimen in total. No, these are actual medical professionals. Todd is really pissed at me right now, because those are some of your friends. I just throw under the bus right a little bit it's reformation it's reformation day i had to take a shot at the catholic here on the stage right i mean don't you think aaron at some point i had to take a cheap shot right how about the whole show is just um burns todd day yeah just we just throw todd under the bus every randomly and he doesn't even know when it's coming just total blind sides i just mix them in right happy reformation day brother We'll give you a day out. The Catholics will take the other 364. There you go. All right. So now these are actual medical professionals. Okay. The, the, the folks that do this for a living who can prescribe drugs have created the formula here at Relief Factor. I use it uh, in my daily health regimen as well. I highly recommend it. I have seen all the results. I'm telling you that uh, could be possible for you. I have seen in my own life as well. So give it a shot right now. What do you got to lose for a dollar a day? Except maybe finally, hopefully the pain. Go to relieffactor.com and get the starter kit for a buck a day. Relieffactor.com. Let's go to the montage. I got to tell you, I am... I am really struggling with, and maybe I shouldn't, all right? So I'm, I'm open to, I shouldn't be struggling with this. 
but I am really struggling to not just biblically loathe uh, these parents that are turning their children in, um, pimping them out cultically and profanely over politics. I, I, I mean, I am like, I, 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 and, and the horse you rode in on level of disdain. And I'm, you know, my kids have grown up full time with dad's work in politics. And when they have been interested, I've let them know. I've not forced any interest on them. If anything, maybe we've aired too much on the other side and totally insulated them from a lot of this to protect. And the reason we did it was to protect their innocence. They have the, they have the rest of their lives to, to, to you know, polish their political idols, um, find out what the adult world was like. But when they, when they were this age and younger, Amy and I have gone out of our way to protect their innocence. And, and, and the using of your children as mascots, hey, if you have a different political bent than me and, and you want to, you know, send your kids to the left-wing version of, you know, what's that homeschooling thing? Uh, teen Pack. Is that what I'm thinking of? I was never in homeschooling things okay. like that. Okay, all right. Yeah, but there's no like, help. you know, well, you can send your kids to get involved if they've got a, you know, an interest in conservative politics or what have you. Cool. I, I get it. You know, you want to do that for your belief system. This is beyond that. I mean, this is, this is, this is using your children. This isn't even indoctrinating them, really. This goes even beyond that. I mean, this is, this is, this is just using your kids, using them. Like they have no value beyond their ability to spout your political cliches. And I got to tell you, Todd, I find it, I find it one of the most revolting current trends in our culture. Point of order. If that side of the fence tends to not have any value for their children in terms of their right to be born or their right to have uh, a clear and distinct gender, why should we not take them at their? This is why they have children to use them as props. This is what other value do they have to them inherently? And you know what? That there's probably a lot of truth to that. I'm not being hyperbolic. What other inherent? goodness is there to their children well, and what they can glean from them. If you don't, if, well, here's what I hear you say. If you start off your notion of parenthood and the value of children, and it begins with the premise of this child can be allowed to live if I want it. Correct. You mean you just turn that off once they hit the birth canal? Correct. Is that what I hear you saying? Yes. And maybe some people are able to do that. On a, you know, because let's face it, a lot of people go through, have that viewpoint because they're scared of what, you know, how would I handle an unwanted pregnancy? How could I be a single mom? Right. I mean, that is why a lot of people hold that viewpoint is they're, they are looking for uh, an escape hatch for their conscience so that they don't have to accept a responsibility. They don't think they either are prepared for or ready for there's that's a, there's a lot of that, right? Yeah. So maybe there are, there's a, you know, once, and then once you realize um, how much you can love something other than yourself, you, uh, you still may even hold that view out here separately in the in the ether, intellectually, even though you don't practice that in your own life with your own kids. It's similar to what we, um, who was the gentleman we had on a couple of weeks back about uh, the about marriage trends and pointing out that that 
the institution of marriage is actually strongest among the wealthiest and most leftist uh, in the culture. They tend to be married the longest uh, and, and the most faithfully, even though in their institutions, Hollywood, academia, they trash the institution of marriage while living its benefits, right? Right. And that, so we could sort of see something like that when it comes to the sanctity of life issue too. But if you, if for every person who cannot create that level of compartmentalization if you're carrying that forward then why you're saying why wouldn't you do that then well, if this child only has value once i decided i want it then why would it, why what before it's born after it's born why wouldn't its value be determined by what i can mold and do with yeah. it at the same time for my benefit to me you're making a distinction as am i between the progressive cult and those the progressive cult hopes to lead like sheep right Yes, the sheep make all kinds of decisions that they don't necessarily follow through on ideologically. But the cult, what, what, ask, ask them point blank. What is the, what is the inherent value of a child? And you know what? We've seen this before with, with whenever, whenever statism cultifies on a political level, this is what you see. All right. Uh, you see it with black shirts, you see it with brown shirts, you see it with the youth movements, you see it with, um, you know, hey, I'll, I'll take a bullet for Hirohito. I mean, this is, this is not unique in, in human history is what we're describing. Well, and this here. is, of course, why the march through the institutions had had to get the public schools, Steve. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's their youth ministry. Yes. Absolutely it is. It's I was the, just it's about the, to go it's there. The, it's yeah. the leftist youth ministry is what it is. It's how they indoctrinate, inculcate. It, their form of uh, what they they would call it their form of discipleship, but it's their bastardized form of it, right? I, I just I just needed to mention that, I'm, and I don't know if anybody else out there. Is, I just I I'm it's 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 up there amongst the most revolting trends in our culture, and I I want to insult slash harm all the parents doing this. I just I just find it well, disgusting, disgusting. Well, because connect the dots here. This these same people doing this are now putting kids who are significantly younger right. than could, in front of a tranny right. spreading their legs. Right. If you couldn't see the video, if you're only listening to the podcast, when Aaron said these were young kids, I mean, the, the girls here are 9, 10, 11 years old. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. All right. So this isn't like they, you know, they just got out of driver's ed and they're, you know, they're not, these kids aren't, none of these kids are even in high school. So uh, Maybe not even yet in middle school. Yeah, okay. and I, I want to say as well, I put the two stories there back to back about the Connecticut high schoolers who are going to have their case about being pushed out of high school girls' athletics because they're going up against dudes who feel pretty. I put those stories back to back because to the left, to the left, that story is that story is offensive. How would these bigoted girls ever dream of saying, hey, this is not fair, having a dude who feels pretty. Okay, that's good to them, right. but having a bunch of 9, 10, 11-year-olds stand in front of a camera, mm -hmm. say the F word, say the grab my P word word, um, you know, it's uh, you know flipping the bird to the camera because um, I had to blur a lot of stuff out in that little video, and that video goes on for another uh, ninety all with seconds nine, ten, or so. eleven year old girls, all, all with all with young children. That's that's activism to them. That's yeah. okay to them, but no, saying you uh, you dude who feels feels pretty, you shouldn't be uh, you shouldn't be uh, competing against uh, actual girls. Now that's offensive to them. It's the upside down man. You know, I had this reaction when I saw a trailer for a movie that came out earlier this year, and I cannot remember what it's called. 
But it, it, it and you know I'm too old for now for when movies like Super Bad come out. I'm I'm not the target demo. I, we had our run with Porky's and that's and 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 you know Revenge of the Nerds 35 years ago. I'm I'm too old for that stuff now. But I'm aware of what that what that genre is, and it seemed like they were trying to super bad this with like a kid group of sixth grade boys. Are you are you guys familiar with this movie trailer I'm talking oh, about? Oh, I think I know what you're talking okay. about. Yeah, and. Every time I saw it, when I would go to the movies and I saw this trailer, I, I wanted to hurt everyone involved in the film. I mean, I just, I wanted, I wanted to take every single one of them out behind a woodshed and hurt them. To, to do that to your kids or to any, to, to kids that, to kids in general, and then have parents say, yeah, I want my kids to be involved in that. You're all terrible people. And y'all have your ass whooped. I don't know what else to tell you. Sometimes, sometimes you just need an ass whooping. Yeah, you know, words won't do it. You know, sometimes, you know, uh, cards won't do it. Tweets won't do it. Sometimes, and, and, and this stuff happens because your daddy didn't whoop your ass enough. Sometimes you just need an ass whooping. And, I, and, I, and I'd like to volunteer for that gig for every last single one of them. And maybe that's not a healthy thing. And I know I'm supposed to turn the other cheek. I get it. I want to turn the other cheek. I want to whip one butt cheek and then I want to flip them over and then I want to whip the other one. I know that's not the exact context of that statement, but this is, these are the things I'm just, I'm, 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 I, that's why I'm, I'm not sure I'm proud of this instinct, but this is where I'm, I'm, I'm struggling to swallow my bile in, in this culture is this trend right here. I, I just want to, I just want to, I want to hurt all the people involved in it. Every last one of them. Let's go to the, uh, the ad that Trump ran last night. First of all, hold on back, back. Let me back up. 562 words in the New York Times about a Photoshop dog. That's what I counted. I didn't count word for word. That would be even more sad, but I take, used to Todd, take us into that newsroom. The point of this was, 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 was what? I mean, who's the audience for this? 562 words on a, How many on a people? Photoshopped dog. How many people are in that newsroom? That's the answer to that question. <laughs> Well played. Yeah, five hundred and sixty-two words on a Photoshop dog. Really, it's this is linked to the whole Carson King sixteen-year-old tweets. It, there's a level of obsession that is wokeness, and you've seen that UK clip, by the way. Yeah, that, right. Yes, and, and that, yes. by the way, that you know that's one of the two major political parties in the UK going to war with each other in that clip. All right. And if before you laugh and giggle and, it's, and if you have, you know, an IQ above 76 and, um, you know, you haven't completely sold your soul yet, it's impossible not to laugh and giggle at that. I just want you all to know you're one election cycle from that happening here in the United States, that entire exchange. OK, yeah, with mansplaining and all that stuff getting moved from so the social media uh, dark web to the mainstream of American political um, vernacular. You're one you're you're at the most one election cycle away from seeing exchanges like that on the Today Show and other programs like what you saw there in the UK. Well, well mansplaining by it's a stupid concept, but but by definition, it's supposed to be a a 
an unnecessary talking down just because you're a woman from a man. That all that was a show where people are supposed to have it's opinions. It's a political debate. Yes, yeah. and he was he was just told he's not allowed to have an opinion Simil- because he's a man. It's the clip we had a couple weeks ago from that city council meeting. Yep. You aren't allowed to have an opinion here as a white so, male. Yeah. And that's and uh, no, and, and just like Carson King, oh come on, you're just kind of this real hasty who likes Bush Light. You you can't be that good here with Donald Trump. As I understand this, in this was a a daily wire Photoshop. I, yep. And so D- Donald Trump thinks it's funny and retweets it and multiple, not just one, multiple news uh, yep. sources tried to vet this thing for various reasons, thinking that this yep. Donald Trump simply cannot be allowed to get over on trying to trick the American people into believing that this dog has, in fact, been awarded at the White House. He hasn't been at the White House. That. It's deadly serious because Donald Trump is 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 simply not allowed to blankety blank 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 blank. Th- that's it. Yeah, um, I want to hurt some Washington, more people now. Yeah. Washington Post reached out to Daily Wire chief Jeremy Boring, I believe his his name, uh, asking for a comment on this story. Uh, Jeremy replied, uh, and I'm I think I'm quoting here: "You've got to be f wording kidding me." And uh, the Washington Post in their story about this said that the Daily Wire refused comment. That's what I mean. That's just like we're back in. When, remember when uh, Ali- this is this is this is the Onion. Yeah, yeah. Gone this mainstream. Is, this he is said, what the Onion he said. Please quote that. Yes. By the way, Onion yeah. has been doing back since because it it was born in Madison, Wisconsin, where I went to college. Half of my lectures in chemistry were spent reading the Onion. What they've been doing <laughs> excellent, uh, and increasingly now the Onion is a, a leftist rag. But we, the, the, you you talked about it yesterday with uh, Obama. And why he's commenting on wokeness because now it's a double-edged sword and Mm -hmm. that, no, 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 no. Uh, the same thing is here. This is like Ali Stuckey when everybody got mad on that thing she did with Ocasio Cortez. Yes, you're not. See, you're just simply not allowed. If Mm -hmm. you're on the right, you're not Mm -hmm. allowed. That's it. Yep. The ad the president ran last night during the World Series was phenomenal. That is a phenomenal ad. And it's the it's 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 darn near the exact message that if I were running the show, which means, you know, I like it doesn't mean it's good, but I tend to like my opinions a lot. All right. So um, since I since it's pretty close to what I would have them do, what, what I would suggest they do, I like it a lot. Doesn't mean maybe it's bad, but it's what I would do. So I like it quite a bit. I think that is the exact right message. The counter of again, I am just commenting here on the on the on on the presentation, okay? But the counter of, I'm the one getting things done for you, while they pursue uh, partisan frivolous investigations uh, and impeachment, that is the exact right messaging. Exact right messaging. The way the ad is edited is flawless. When the X, when the bloody X comes over, uh, the uh, the leader of uh, al-Baghdadi there, all right, terrorist leader, dead. All right. I mean, that's just, it's well done. I, I mean, it's, it's, it's very well done. And running it in the middle of the Washington Nationals World Series game after they booed you at the last game too. I mean, that's just, we haven't done this in a while. We used to do this a lot during the 2016 campaign. Um, user achievement, FU money unlocked. Okay. That's, that is Tromasta. That's a Tromasta right there. 
Okay. Who, was that the? I, I wasn't paying attention. Was that the RNC? Well, who put that? I out? think that was the Trump campaign. Yeah, Let me double check on that. Yeah, Trump's voice is at the end of the message. Yeah. it's well, his campaign well, message. Well, either way, who who's in charge of this? Because that's an important question. Will they do? Will uh, they have the autonomy just to do what needs to be done? I don't know. That's a good start. I'll tell you that. It's obviously not the uh, thumb-sucking DC consultant no. class. No, I, I don't. I I can't imagine there is there is a GOP consultant that has worked for a that is that has had a real voice. Like he may have worked at a firm that was involved, you know, with who the party nominee. But I mean, like a real you, you got to see the table. You're calling the shot on what the message is. We're going out there with. Could you guys see see same circumstances? You see a President Romney or McCain or George W. Bush? Hell or all no. The, hell no. Hell no. I mean, even the even the message at the end. Sometimes it takes a Donald Trump. I mean, that is yeah. that's it's perfect. It's the it, that that is messaging brilliance. And 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 here's my only suggestion. Okay, can I make this one suggestion? Go. Get off of Twitter and just run those ads. That's my suggestion. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. That's my that's my suggestion. But in terms of messaging opportunity. In the history of mankind, that, and that's why I ask who this person is, there's never been more fertile soil to do this kind of thing. No doubt. Never. You don't have, there's no needles to thread here or anything like that. It's just, you, you I mean, you have the perfect building blocks to build the super soldier of political messaging, but if the, you the, want to. The problem is you have to, you have to be, a, to do it though, you have to be one of two things. You don't, you don't have to be both. You have to be one of two. A, you have to really buy into that message on a, on an individual level, okay, or the individual that the message is about, right? And that's you know you got to really buy into Trump, or you've got to really buy in to your belief that that messaging is successful, even if you're like I don't know, you know I don't think Donald Trump's Winston Churchill, but I think this is a message that'll win, and that and I'm about winning, okay? I, and and what you get with much of the GOP consultancy class is an unwillingness to do the latter. They're, see, they're not the mercenaries, many of you think. They're not, okay? They hate you. If, they were, if Mitt Romney was a mercenary, he'd have not just ate a chicken sandwich, man. He'd have bought every damn... Ch- he'd, he'd, have, he'd, have, he'd have littered Salt Lake City with Chick-fil-A franchises. This is okay? my point. He, they, these people aren't mercenaries. They're not. The guy in the White House now is a mercenary, right? The other people you nominated were not mercenaries. They didn't agree with you. They, that's the difference. It's, it's not that they knew these things wouldn't win. They didn't want to win doing those things. They, they're, that, they're not what you think. They, they, it's not that they, they lack balls. They don't agree. That's the difference. Does that answer your question? It does, because if, I, if we get one of those person who's the ladder, I, and if, if it's done well, I, you're going to find a person who actually believes, I don't, I don't think I can lose because of you can't have a more fertile environment no. to message than you have. You need to find that person because yes. it's bombs away then. Yes. You, it, there's there's no way to lose this argument provided you are willing to wield. You're, you're, yes. you're willing to wield that's it. That's my point. And that's the issue. How many people are actually willing to wield it? I mean, and is this commercial put out there just to stop bleeding or is it like a, a opening salvo of just a great tour de force, you know, a, a, a you know, Beethoven, just like, dun, 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 dun. I mean, let's have the symphony. Let's See, to me, it. to me, it, it goes in line with what I talked about here last week. That's your impeachment defense right there. 
I, I, I would not, and it's what I was trying to, what you and I were talking about, maybe was that even yesterday on the show? I, I would not, if I'm the Democrats, I, I need to drag him down to my level. I cannot give him freebies to communicate that message. I can't. Because I, I also know if I bait him, he'll come. I know that. I, I, he, you know, Pavlov's dogs are always going to answer the bell. He will answer the bell. And so I've got to, that's why I don't want to do this in secret. I want it all out in the open. I, I want, I, I, cause I need, I want him talking to me and not like that to the American people. I want him engaging me and, and, you know, not like, Hey, maybe I just need to, you know, Hey, let's go back and do economically what we're doing in the first quarter. I, I want more 1.9% growth reports like we just had, not the 3.2% we had in the first quarter. And, and the way I do that is I appeal to the, the narcissism and, that's why I think their, their tactics are bad. To me, this is the best impeachment defense. I'm not engaging you. I'm not talking to you. You people are beneath me. You hate the American people. You want to undo an election. Hell, we're on the eve of the next election. You can't get over the last one. Get a life. I'm going to go out there and do what the American people hired me to do. Screw you. And, and I'll show and you do whatever you want to do in the House. I'll see you at the Senate hearing. And then the, first, the, opening, the opening statement of my defense is the following people visited Epstein Island, according to mm-hmm. the Department of Justice. And, 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 and they're sitting here in the chamber today. That's the opening statement of my defense. I'll see you in the spring. Thanks. That's your defense. Yes. Is that ad right there with that, well, with that sort of up and the horse you rode in on mentality? And then I'm telling you, dude, I don't like the guy. And I'm doing this right now, and I'm fired up. Okay, right. I'm fired up. I'm like, yes, yes. I'm I'm like Jack Nicholson, and like my one of my all time favorite gifts. Yes, yes. Mix an illegal alien every time you can. Okay, that. In fact, I finally found something wrong with that ad. I don't like. I had, I, I got to come up with always something. All right. That ad needs to next time around. We didn't cut illegal immigration in half. We got rid of we got rid of a whole bunch of the illegal aliens that were here. <laughs> Run that in. I want that messaging. Other than that, man, that thing uh, was Joaquin Phoenix swinging away at the end of science. Okay? Because most people, whether they don't like Trump or not, hate these people that hate him. All right? Make you become the vessel to make it okay for them to like you because you both hate the same people. So, kids brought home the candy dish last night. I know the rest of America is like, we, we trick-or-treat tonight. I, it's Iowa, okay? Uh, you know, I love the state I was born in. I've lived here longer than any other place, and I've lived in numerous places around the country. But we have this notion, two things Iowans are known for, reactionaryism and nice, which really doesn't make much sense to be known for both of those things, but we are. All right, so apparently some kid got kidnapped by an ice cream truck or something once 50 years ago, and now we can't have ice cream trucks in the state ever again. All right, apparently something bad happened to some kids trick-or-treating, you know, once 50 years ago, and so now we have to trick-or-treat on beggar's night. So that's why we've already trick-or-treated in most of Iowa. The rest of the country, you guys are going tonight. And you might be thinking that that dish is going to be sitting out there for the next several days looking mighty yummy. You know, if you just picked one or two pieces of the fun size candy bar that you like and you had one every day, you wouldn't gain any weight doing that. It, it's picking nine of them out every day. 
That's how you do it. So how do you control your cravings? How do you control your portion sizes? This is where Riduzone comes in because your body was made to crave and conserve calories. But it was also given a molecule called OEA, which helps the brain know when the belly is full. And that's what Riduzone is. It, it boosts your OEA by just adding more OEA to the body. That's why it's vegan-friendly, gluten-free, FDA accepted. It's not loaded with fillers, chemicals, additives, preservatives, caffeine, stimulants. It's just OEA so that you can, the way you were created and intended, get your appetite under control. If you want to give it a shot, try it for three months. Why? Because it takes about 90 days for something to become habit-forming in the subconscious, okay? So try it for three months at 30% off with my name, Steve, as the promo code at riduzone.com. It's a great asset to have this time of year. Because it is the most wonderful time of year when it comes to the food options that are on the table right now. All right. So uh, don't try to white knuckle it. I promise you that won't work. Okay. It won't. All right. Instead, try Riduzone. R I D U Z O N E for Riduzone.com. Let's get to three non political questions. We all have questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? Who am I? A search and a question of identity. Why am I here? A question of meaning and purpose. Where am I going? Question of destiny. Some better than others. What sort of morality or proto-morality would you expect to find in a chimpanzee troop? Injecting some levity into the demise of Western civilization. It's three questions on the Steve Day Show. Yes, because we need a demise... We need a a respite from the demise of Western civilization. I'm going on cold brain here, guys. There's a lot of people that agree that we this show needs a demise. So um, Freudian slip, you were subconsciously correct. Yeah, yeah. I get the man flu. I, I I've just been having a mild cold, but it's like it's the worst thing ever. I've been thinking about asking somebody to put me out of my misery. You know, it's it's that type of thing. So, uh, but it probably actually was a Freudian slip. Three non-political questions. Question number one: What's the biggest twist in a movie or a book that you didn't see coming? Biggest twist in a movie or a book that I didn't see coming. Um, I mean, I think the all-timer is the Sixth Sense. To me, I think that is. No, the all-timer is, Luke, I am your father. Oh, you're right. How did I miss that? Dude, code yeah. violation. Yeah, how did I miss that? I remember one of the few, one of the few things Dave and I could bond to over was uh, he loved sci-fi stuff. And so, you know, that's when Star Trek was, you know, uh, Gene Roddenberry forgot to file the paperwork. That, that literally forgot to file the paperwork that would allow him to have the... Uh, the patent on it. And that's why if you were ever wondering when you, if you're our age, why it was on every channel when you came home from school, this is why. <laughs> All right. And so it was for free use for many, many years. It could be on every channel. And, uh, and, and so I got heavily into star Trek, uh, and star Wars. And so these were one of the few things that uh, Dave and I bonded over when I was growing up. And I can still remember the massive debate we were living in Southern California at the time. We went and saw empire strikes back at man's Chinese theater. I was seven years old. And I, I can remember the, the ride home, man. We had, the, and this debate went on for three years because he was convinced that Darth Vader was Luke's father. I thought it was, because I just thought he was like a machine. There was no human being in there, you know? And uh, uh, I, I thought there's no way. I thought it was all a lie. And then, you know, because you couldn't get these movies on VCR or cable like HBO until after Return of the Jedi came out. So it was a couple of years until after Return of the Jedi came out that you could actually watch these at, in your own home. You always had to, and, and, and it would take three years to make these movies. 
because of all the special effects. We didn't have CGI like we do now. And, and so they would often re-release them and, you know, the summers, a couple summers in between to help satiate you. And I remember waiting and by now we lived in Orlando, Florida. I was in the fifth grade, 1983, when Return of the Jedi came out and the storybooks would, would come out in the bookstores right before the movie was released. And the Star Wars movies always came out in May and school usually was still in before uh, or when the Star Wars movies came out. I remember having my mom take me to Walden Books at the Orlando Mall. Because I, I, I couldn't wait any longer. Right? When my friends told me that they saw the book there, I had to get the storybook. And I avoided, I, I, I just said to my mom, hey, find me the page where I find out. Because I didn't want to spoil the whole movie. I just, but I, I, I needed to know. I'd been waiting three years for this answer. I had to now know. Was Darth Vader Luke's father? So you're right. Given my level of obsession with that particular plot, just you're right, that has to be number one. There is another one that came to mind while you were talking. I know you don't hate, I know you hate, literally, the substance of this, but the execution of it, I think, was brilliant. And that's what they did uh, to the uh, Mandarin in Iron Man 3. I didn't see that coming at all. And I loved, I, I thought it was just masterly crafted i know you hate the substance it's the, of it. it's the worst plot twist of, uh, literally of all time but uh, it, the worst one you didn't see it coming though right those people need I'm, you know what i'm on a kick today you those, maybe it's you just it's halloween it. you Th- those people need to be heard as well you didn't see it coming yeah. Yeah. okay yes for me it's got to be the village i don't know why that one i hate that out movie with an undying with, passion in my mind but man alive like i i mean there, there's just that one scene where you're looking at a forest and then all of a sudden an SUV drives by after, I don't know, 40, 45 minutes of thinking that you're in the 1800s. Uh, that was that was a twist. Um, Follow-up question real quick. What's one movie that would have been a lot better had there been a twist at the end? What's a movie that would have been better had there been a twist at the end? Um, here, here, You know what? I'll, I'll go with it. I'll, I'll, I'll come up with one because I, I can't let this go either, okay? Justice League would have been better with absolutely anything else at the end. Anything else. I still haven't seen that movie. So I, I'll, go with, I'll go with Justice League and the, and the plot twist is um, I don't, anything. I mean, it, any, it, anything. Any, anything else other than what they did in that movie would have made it better. So I'll go with Justice League. Well, I'll, I'll say uh, Force Awakens. We've talked about it being a, a fun movie, but that's it. Just didn't understand what you needed to do in these three movies. Every the f- first, both of the, uh, it, not just um, like Empire Strikes Back. I mean, you were just establishing a whole new thing with the original New Hope and Star Wars. So it ended up pretty tidy. It was a standalone movie. It, it could be in many respects, but with these, at the end, you should have been having the feeling like you do with uh, now my my two oldest daughters and I are having with Lost. Like at the end of every one, they're like, "Whoa, are you kidding me? What's happening next?" They, they didn't. They needed to do that at the end of Force Awakens, um, but they didn't have any. As you said, they had no long term real vision of where they were going. So. Mm-hmm. They didn't do that there either. That was a mistake. I'm surprised neither of you said this, but The Last Jedi, I think it could have done better with a, a twist at the end. Uh, question number two, what's one thing you use in everyday life that needs to be modernized? You take this one first. One thing I do use in everyday life that needs to be modernized. Wow, I'm kind of a caveman. Because most of what I use in my everyday life is modernized, you know? Well, by I, I don't I don't need I don't need a robot to apply my deodorant for me or you know shave me, 
I mean, so... Well, relative to my standards, and this is what, you know, you trained Aaron years ago on this, on the, you have to set the standard of technology before... Before the woman moves in, yes, yes. um, uh, I have no, I mean, I I do not have a big flat screen TV at home, Mm -hmm. but I'm, I'm like, I'm getting close. I think it might happen in the next year. So I need individually to up that game um you know what every year i tell myself i'm every winter i tell myself this is the year i'm going to bite the bullet and do this and i never do it okay and that is the remote car starter that i I mean i have to drive my car every single day pretty much uh so winter is coming we we've actually got a, a dusting of snow on the ground here in the midwest right now and and I mean, every year I tell myself, this is the year I'm going to do the remote car starter. And, and then I'm like, man, it's like 180, 200 bucks to do it. And I, and that's all it costs to do it. That's about what it costs. Last time I priced it out. Wow. I would have thought at that price, you would have gotten it five years ago. Are you, are you finding, are you getting, are you getting cheaper the older you get? No, I am man. Like, like I am, you know, and, um, I don't know, and it's funny too because I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not wealthy, but I'm making the best living I've made in ever in this business, and it seems like I am getting, I'm getting uh, cheaper, you know. I mean, I was, uh, the other day, the first day that was really cold, at, you know, here in Iowa, like wintry cold, and I get home from the show and stuff, and I get in the house, and Amy's like under this thermal blanket her mom bought her last year, and everybody and her and uh, Zoe who's still being homeschooled are freezing. I'm like, you know, I turned, I looked at the thermostat, you know, we've got that zone heating. So you can, you can heat and cool different levels differently. There's no point in having it be 70 degrees upstairs all day when there's nobody up there. Right. Okay. So they're on the main level. I go and look at the thermostat, 65 degrees in the room. And I'm like, why don't you guys turn this up a few degrees and get warmer? And they were, they were like, I don't know. We just, we, we, we were worried that if we turn it up too high, you know, you might, you know, you'd be upset. And I'm like, Yes, Cratchit, you may have another coal in the stove, right? And that's that was the kind of message like I might be taking this thing a little bit too far. So See, I'm getting I'm getting I'm getting cheaper. But you're so particular about your I know your space, your I know. See, I'm I'm not. I actually want the big screen. My eyes are just going. I, I need a bigger screen. I can't. Oh, I, that's a solid excuse play when you're trying uh, to change things. Aaron's kind of see, see oh, that's yeah. a good angle, right? Here, so can I give you some advice on that front? All right. For sure. Um, go to Walmart and buy like some $20 reading glasses. Oh yeah. Well, All yeah, right? that's kind of. All right. No, just do it like today. You start wearing them around and stuff. Okay. You know, do it now. Set the stage a couple months in advance. Tax refund season. You know what I'm saying? All right. Well, that part's the groundwork's okay. been laid on okay. that front. Right. That's done. Right. Just. Yeah, and then when you're watching TV, look at look up at it like that <laughs> every single time. Oh, that, that'll uh, that'll spur some change. One of these winters, I'm going to do the remote car starter. I'm just I, I I need to do it, man. I think my car's already got it, but you got to pay for a service to actually be able to use it. Really, there's don't. a service on top of it. Uh, yeah, I think it's the Starlink service. It's Subaru's OnStar thing. Okay. I think so. I'm not totally sure. Right, what about Ford, you know? I, that's what I, I drive. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Um, let's see. For me, I think I need an electric toothbrush at some point, you know? Everybody's got one of those, right? 
You I guys, don't. I've never had guys, one. Okay, no. so maybe maybe I don't need that, but I do need it. Question number three. Would you rather be the absolute best at something that nobody cares about but not or uh, or be well above average? Um, I'm sorry. Would you rather be uh, the absolute best at somebody nobody takes seriously or be well above average but not anywhere near the best at something well respected? The latter. Can make a lot more money bowling, being the best at bowling, than you could be, I don't know, being a middle manager. Somewhere. Well, I was kind of uncertain until you said at the end, well-respected. I thought this was like, even, I respect bowling. I, I mean, that's, I've bowled and it's not easy. I mean, I, I respect, I thought you meant something like more like, just kind of frivolous, but that these guys are undeniably the best at it. I mean, I don't, I think I'd, I mean, heck. Steve is thinking really hard about I this. Am, well, the, and the reason why is because all the areas that I am gifted in life, if I don't apply them to this arena, they would only matter in, in things that people, in some cases, take too seriously, but we know really collectively don't take them all that seriously, right? I mean, like if you're a Washington Nationals fan, you're celebrating today, okay? And you might even go to the parade here in a couple of days. But like three weeks from now, you're not going to get up in the in, in first thing in the morning and, and be like, man, I, you know, hey, we Hallelujah. won the World Series. Yeah, yeah. 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 you're not, okay? Um, so this is, a, this is a tough question for me to answer because if, if I took the, the things in life I was naturally gifted at with my, by my creator, and I did them in any other arena other than culture, theology, news, and politics. It would, they would, it would largely be within a, really, in the grand scheme of things, a frivolous pursuit. You know what I'm saying? Like if we did all of this and it was just about sports all the time, it's just really, it's frivolous. Every now and then you'd be able to talk about something of existential consequence, but the vast majority of this is irrelevant in the grand scheme of things. Mm-hmm. And that's that would be true as, as well if it was a fanboy podcast, you know. So it's a, it's a difficult question for me to answer. Um, yes, I I don't know how to answer that question. I, I guess what you're asking me in a way is would I rather have respect and honor? I'll tell you what I, I don't know what you're asking me. So let me answer it this way so I can come up with an answer. If I had the choice between the money and respect and honor, I'm going to choose the respect and the honor. I mean, I could have hedged my Washington Nationals bet last week. I didn't. Why? Because it was a nice, I, I, you know, I want a nice chunk of change. Okay. Nothing that's changing my life or we're not paying for a Disney trip or anything. I, I certainly helped uh, pay for my own Christmas gift, which was that Star Wars arcade game that Amy let me buy. All right. But um, the bragging rights of that, being able to have that forever on my mark that I'm, I made that call back on August 26th, that's far more valuable to me than whatever amount of money I, you know, is sitting in my William Hill account this morning because I, I made that hit. Does that answer your question? Sure, yeah. Because I think I could have answered this several different ways. So I chose to answer it this way. In general, if it's because because honor and respect is another form of scoreboard. And really, what every man wants more than anything in life, if you really want to know, is scoreboard. 
That's really what every man wants more than anything. And, 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 every, and I want to be able to have scoreboard when it comes to relationship, my relationships, my success, business. Okay. It's why guys will never admit that that's another guy knows more about chicks and sports than they do. All right. In the end, what a guy wants more than anything else, a scoreboard, you know? So I'll, I'll, I'll take the respect and honor, you know, over the, over the money. Well, let me, you just had a light bulb go off in my head with the, with the way I answered it. And I'm keeping the same answer, but this is, this is the equivalent of what's going on right now. And we talked about Kanye yesterday, but I saw for the first time the Kanye interview with that James Corden guy and on the plane, and he's, he's talking about, you know, reading the Bible at night and the people are singing what sounded like a hymn. Like Kanye was arguing that people probably think Kanye is what the very top of the food chain in terms of what he does musically in a in a niche thing, a frivolous thing. But we were talking about, yeah, trust but verify absolutely with him. But as a Christian, you know, we're rooting for him. We're praying for him. This he may be parked at um his popularity ex- over overstates the nature of how powerful his testimony is. Nonetheless, he's got this testimony, so it's above average. I I take that because the power that everybody respects. Because if if that thing has legs, I, I I was thinking about this last night. If he has legs in the black community in the way he's going with his life, like he did musically, you take the latter every time over the former. Even though if he is truly not as great a Christian prophet as he was musically, what he can do with that above averageness is remarkable. Mm. Mm. I think I would take the above average at something that's well respected because I think as men we always need to be challenged. And if you're at the top of your game or if you're the best at something, it's easy to become complacent. Yeah, now I'm rethinking my answer because I'd kind of like to be at the top of the food chain. I'd like I'd like to be tempted with that complacency just once and just see what it's like. <laughs> Tempt me in such a way, please. Tempt me with excellence complacency. I'd love to see what that's like. Hour two is next. Greetings, back with Hour 2, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. I'm Steve Dace. 888-900-3393 is the number. Steve at stevedace.com is how you can email us. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Coming up here at the bottom of the hour, our good friend and our weekly prophet of woe and lamentation, Daniel Horowitz, will be joining us here. We'll get to Theology Thursday in just a moment. But if you are looking to take advantage of a good time to get involved in the real estate market right now with plunging mortgage rates on one end, an economy that is still going strong on the other. And then there's the calendar. Around a lot of the country, I was listening to a podcast, a sports podcast on the way in. Guy called, uh, one of the guests they had on was from East Texas. And he, and he he was at home in East Texas with 35 degrees today and swirling winds up to 15 miles an hour. All right, so a lot of the country is getting ready for a downturn in the weather, which can lead to a downturn in the real estate market because people don't like to move in the winter. So this is a good time to find that buyer who wants to get into the next home before winter hits or to find that seller uh, that wants to get out of that home uh, before the winter hits. But before you do that, 
Make sure first you have a real estate agent that you can trust. Go find that person at realestateagentsitrust.com. What makes this website different from other referrals out there is they're often about finding clients for agents. This one is about finding an agent worthy of having you for a client. And that's why the agents there are only listed if they've been fully vetted with successful proven track records, understandings of marketing plans beyond just reading algorithms, and they know what professional courtesy means. So if you'd like to find a real estate agent that you can trust, go to the website, realestateagentsitrust.com. Again, that website is realestateagentsitrust.com. Gentlemen, are you ready for some Theology Thursday? You bet. Let's go. This week, we're going to answer a question from one of our listeners slash viewers, Nathan Payne. And Nathan writes, Steve, you guys talked about why do people fear the end of the age when theologically we should be anticipating the return of our king as Christians? That's a great point. You often mention you're going to vote for Republicans merely as human shields against what you know the progressive left wants to do to you. Along the same lines as your end times discussion. Would there be any benefit to not fearing what the leftists bring? We know historically the church grows best under persecution, China being a current example of how well the church does. James 1, 2-4 talks about how trials and testing bring steadfastness and completion. I know self-defense is a part of God's natural law, but in this case, since we can see the persecution from the left coming, is it theologically sound to stop avoiding it and usher it in? Vote leftist and let's just get it over with. Not because they are good candidates, but because we need the persecution to help highlight our nation's need for God. How would you guys respond to this? You want to take this one first, Todd? Uh, absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. You don't want to take this one first? No, uh, no I'll or take absolutely it first, not is the answer to his question or both? the answer to his question. You, okay. you, you, I mean, for starters, and you could let it sit there, we, but you shall not do evil so that good may come from it. It's this is, and this is tied to uh, those you, are the words of Saint Paul that you're quoting. Yes, yeah. and, and this is tied to you know, you know not the day or the hour. The the hubris involved in deciding for yourself that this is the day and the hour of that level of completion. Not not for you to de- decide and. You, you are involving you. I mean, you if you want to step away from the political arena altogether, that's a different conversation. But if you're talking, put your stamp on the evil, voting for it to usher. No, it's 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 biblically unacceptable. So before I go to Aaron, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna tee up here on Reformation Day favorably. Okay, so this is where where th- you, the theology of of, of the Christianity that you call home. Me specifically. Me, you specifically a as a Catholic. Just wanna... And, and, and your, your theology here when it comes to the end of the age is not, um, it's prevalent within Catholicism, but it's not unique to Catholicism. There are vestiges of Protestantism that hold to this eschatological view as well, but it is prevalent in Catholicism. And it's, and I think this is where, this sort of question, your particular eschatological viewpoint bring, makes it, I mean, you could see it in the audience, you could see it in how easily, this is why I went to you first, you could see it in how easily, reflexively, viscerally, like, like 
you know, um, somebody putting a, a, a bowl of rotten food in front of you, would you like, no, like no, no thought. I don't have, it, it's an, it's instinctive. I, if there's a such thing as a theological id, all instinct, you saw it right there. It right? was like donkey. Ooh, pick me, pick me. Yes. Pick me. Yes. And, and it's because the viewpoint that of how your church has interpreted the end of the age throughout much of its history, um, it, it, it can, it's pronounced amillennial or amillennial, depending on where you go. But it, it, it largely delves from the, the, the parody of the weeds, or, or the parody, the parable. <laughs> oh. We talk so much uh, <laughs> about the Babylon Bee here, I can't get outside of it. No, it, it, from the parable of the weeds. And this is where um, there's, a, there's, a, there's a garden, and the master is awakened in the middle of the night by his workers, uh, and this, and he says, "Hey, there's a bunch of weeds that have grown here in 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 your fields." And they ask him, "Should we pluck the weeds out?" And the master says, uh, "An enemy has done this, right?" And then he says, "No, don't plug them out. The two will grow side by side until uh, the end of until the end until the harvest when one is thrown out and then the other that that produces a good crop." Is kept, but if right? you pull them out too soon, you risk destroying all. Yeah, yes, yes, that's, yes. That's the other part of it yes. as well. Okay, so this is the viewpoint of the idea that of the the city of man and the city of God grow simultaneously next to each other until the culmination of the age. And so, in in the way you guys interpret these sorts of questions, you actually don't necessarily struggle with these kinds of notions because you operate under the assumption that there will be some base level of evil in the world that will be as prevalent as the good that you're always going to have to overcome until Christ returns, right? Is that a proper understanding of your eschatological view? Yeah, I think so. And the way you put that there, we don't struggle. That's been, you, I've come in to talk to you guys because I've seen struggle on your side of the fence, broadly speaking. And I've asked you like, guys, I, I don't have, the Overton window for this. Help me understand why there is a struggle here because mm-hmm. I don't have it. So yeah, that's a good way of putting it. So there's not, you know, there's, and I don't, in fact, I'm going to Google this right now. Okay. So I'm going to Google the temple fund. I wonder if it still exists. I know, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah. I, I knew this, <laughs> this used to point. exist. Never heard okay. of it. <laughs> um, I think it does actually. I, I, the first thing that comes up is a Patreon page that hasn't been updated that we're, that was created on December 23rd, 2016. Um, and it's by a woman named Elaine Henderson. She's raised almost $100,000, and her goal is $5 million. Um, <laughs> Aaron's laughter is all I need. <laughs> okay. I'm just thinking, so, you know, if you have no shame and need a quick buck... TheTempleFund.net. Okay, here we go. That's Building. what I meant. Yeah. yeah, you're there too? Yeah. Okay. All right, so for people that don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Where will the temple be constructed? <laughs> Answer unknown. The site for this, this temple has not yet been identified. I love that you are doing this on Reformation I know. Day. Todd is, is like, coming together Todd as is I like, foreseen. Todd is like, I almost called in sick today. All right. Dace, I, I get up, Dace out there tweeting the five solas from Ali Stuckey. I'm thinking, I, I'm not feeling well. I'm going to call in sick today. I had no idea that an hour into the show on Reformation Day, he was going to start dunking on Protestants. You're going to do here the for Reformation for me. I'm here for this. Aaron, Aaron started off the show with the uh, with the blowing up of the terrorists and said, this is the content I'm here for. And now Todd's like, this is the content I'm here for. Okay. So there's this, 
it's had uh, different iterations, but the main one that I've, I remember seeing several years ago, early in my faith, was this thing called the Temple Fund. And it's this thing in, it, where evangelicals are, because there, there's a certain branch of eschatology in the, in the Protestant evangelical side of things that the countdown, the end times countdown clock begins when um, the Antichrist permits uh, the Jewish people to um, refurbish the temple, right? Cuts a deal. Uh, and the Muslims agree to vacate the temple and let the Jewish people have access to it. Or they reconstruct the temple. That's another interpretation. But either way, that, 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 and that's when they are, they, they fully assume their status of, as Israel, right, Aaron? Yep. Right, okay. And that's, that's, the, that's when the game kicks off, okay, if so to speak, all right? And, and, and we are in the end game now, Tony Stark. Um, and there's a group called the Temple Fund that has been raising money to help uh, either rebuild, a to build a separate temple or to assist the Jewish people with reclaiming ownership of the Temple Mount, which the Muslims now have. They call it the Dome of the Rock. They took it during the Crusades, I believe. Uh, and, and that's its goal. Is to, that, that, and, and I remember I asked, when, and I, when I first encountered this, when I was researching all kinds of things, you know, and listen, early years of podcasts and stuff in my early formation of my faith, and I remember asking a pastor this question who really believed, you know, in this particular viewpoint. I'm like, I don't understand. So you think God is sovereign, right? He said, well, yes. So God is sovereign and no one knows the day and the hour, right? Right. Okay, so God is sovereign and no one knows the day and the hour. But you think that, so explain to me why then anyone would think God is just a sovereign God has been sitting around waiting for you to determine when is the hour by raising enough money uh, and awareness so that the Jewish people reclaim the Temple Mount. And so you believe no one knows the day and that you don't think God then knows either then? He doesn't, he doesn't know his own hour? This never made any sense to me, right? But this is, this stuff happens a lot. You know, it's, it's John Hagee 15 years ago saying that if George W. Bush doesn't bomb Iran, you know, they're going to start the war of Gog and Magog from Ezekiel. Was that Ezekiel 38, 39, I want to say, Aaron, correct? Mm -hmm. All right. And I'm like, so you mean God's prophetic plan, the whole thing's off if, if George W. Bush bomb, 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 bomb Iran? Does that make any sense to you theologically? It doesn't make any sense. To, so God's like, all right, guys, hold up on that. Warm the trumpet up, all right, just in case George W. doesn't bomb Iran, all right? That doesn't that doesn't make any sense to me. But this kind of thinking occurs at times, and this tension, and that's that's in Nathan's email is that level of tension, okay? And you're looking at me like I am from another planet right now. No, I'm just I'm fascinating that this is I'm fascinated that this is happening on Reformation Day, and I'm enjoying it immensely. <laughs> When I got this guy's question, it didn't even dawn on me that today was going to be Reformation yeah. Day. All right. So. Uh, the signs. Watch the signs. <laughs> it's happening. Hey, how's that There's Amazon a, Synod but going? That's Red actually, heifer born in Israel this morning. But no, this, any blood moons? Yes. Anyway, back to the Amazon Synod. How's that going? Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. finish your point. Go ahead. <laughs> well played. That, that's how you play. <laughs> that's how you play. Did I go too far? No, but signs. That's actually. 
Now, this is I'm less broadly certain of, but the way signs are portrayed in Scripture, it's it's watch for the signs. It's less it's less of a an overt doing than a be, live with your eyes open and your yeah. eyes to see and ears. It's ha- like it is. It's it's happening. The play, pieces are in play that right. were not overtly done to bring something specifically like the end of the age to bear yeah. but it's happening nonetheless i mean is it i think that's a proper reading of biblically speaking how you watch for the signs here's the thing if you if you you know what i'm feeling frisky today Ooh. let's just go all in on the hate why not you know we talked last hour that if you start from the premise and these things aren't morally equivalent but they're situationally equivalent if you start from the premise that that child doesn't have value unless I want it before it's born. It's going to be hard to turn that spigot off once it leaves the birth canal, right? That was my point. Right. Yes. That we had that conversation in another context yes. last hour. If you begin from the premise that you, of your own free will, took initiative to choose Jesus and that he was ultimately. Not not exclusively, but ultimately powerless in your confer- conversion, unless you assented. That 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 he could not he could not he could not act without you acting. If you begin from that premise, and there's a large school of of American Protestantism that does. If you begin from that premise, then I think why wouldn't you then later on assume that God waits for you to act and then acts based on how you perform and how you act. You see what I'm totally. getting at here? Yeah, totally. So if you're, if you're like, if, you, if you're operating from the assumption that it was just like, you know, the, the one who spoke the universe into existence, raised the dead to life, was sitting up there on his throne thinking and, and, and sitting around his heavenly throne and, and was like, is this the day that we finally convince Aaron McIntyre to become to convert did is this the day that did we give him the right joke did he hear the right message was it the right tragedy that we put him through is, is this is this the day that that aaron mcintyre we're just sitting up here we, we've got all kinds of plans for aaron mcintyre but that just none of them can happen until aaron mcintyre says um the sinner's prayer none of them can occur and so we're just Kind of waiting around here, waiting, waiting around for, you know, to, to fulfill what we've got lined up up here with the, the plan for Aaron McIntyre's life. But we're just kind of, is this, is this, you know, is this the, is this the day he heard the right hymn? Mm. All right. The, 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 the right girl dumped him. The right parent disappointed him or whatever, you know, whatever raw material. Is this the day? If you, if you operate from that soterological premise, which is the, the a, another fancy stained glass window word for your, the, the study of, of human salvation. If you operate from that premise when it comes to something as eternally significant as your individual salvation, it would be difficult to not then assume that you're not playing some kind of role in the, machi- in the machinations to come because you've already placed yourself at a very high level of prominence within the 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 great exchange between uh, your sinfulness for God's salvation. You see where I'm getting at? Oh, totally. Okay. 
So now that I'm, I'm trying to see if I can, I'm, and Aaron, I'm gonna let you talk now because I gotta make sure I gotta. I'm gonna go through real quick. And is there anybody else I get to alienate? Because I just want to make sure I hit them all today. So Aaron, your turn. Go ahead. Yeah, a uh, point of clarification, real quick. The website that we mentioned earlier—that's from for some LDS thing. It's the Temple Institute. Okay. I think that we're talking about here. Yes. Yeah, the Temple okay. Institute. Is but what there we're was a, there about. was another one called. There, there, there's another Temple Fund. That is, yeah. I promise you, that is about building just, the Jewish temple. Just yes. for kicks and giggles, yes. let's let's go through some of the tabs on this website. I, I'll say what I'm going to say here in a little bit. Uh, temple Mount, uh, Red Heifer. Uh, let's see what else. I saw something else on here. As Can well. I purchase one of those? I don't. I don't know. I think it's just updates on whether or not any red heifers have been born in Israel, and I'm dead serious about that. Okay. Yeah. So there's that. Um, as far as the emailer, as far as the emailer goes. I would be, and I'm not saying this tongue-in-cheek, and I don't mean to be uh, blasé with this. I, I'm wondering if Nathan is, uh, is, if he has any children writing that. You know what I mean? That is a lot easier to say something to like that. And, uh, and maybe even, um, you know, to that degree, if, if, you don't have any, if you don't have any kids that are inheriting what you're trying, what, what you're trying to, 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 to pass on to them. You know what I'm saying? It's a lot easier to say welcome the persecution when your offspring, um, when your offspring, when you don't have any offspring to pass that persecution on to. I, I kind of I, I get the um, I get the ready and willingness to take you know kind of uh, God's belt buckle, mm -hmm. if you will, or God's belt, you know, and take a little uh, punishment. And, and that's an important point that. we need to make in I, a minute. I, I kind of get that. Yeah, but at the same time. Our job is not, we, we're not God. Our job is, is to live in the times that are given to us. Our, time, our job is to be faithful stewards of what God has entrusted us with, not to try to make any grand um, historical or theological moves that we believe God needs our help with. That's not our job. Um, you know, our, our job is Micah 6.8. Our job is understanding that... Um, you know, the Lord causes the rain to fall on the just and the unjust. Um, you know, our job is to understand that the Lord gives and the Lord take a, takes away regardless. You know, blessed be the name of the Lord. Our job is not to try to usher in something that we think um, could help us in the end. Because we're not God. We're, we're called to be faithful over what he's given to us. To be faithful stewards and to fear him. And that's basically... Um, where it starts and stops. That's really simple. It's not easy, like most of the stuff in Scripture is. There is a time, you see this in Jeremiah's time, where the people are told, you see this in Ezekiel's time, okay? Where the people, where God's people are told to accept their punishment. And so what happened in Jeremiah's time um, it, it is the southern kingdom, the northern kingdom had already been dispersed by the Assyrians, about a century or so ahead of time, uh, the northern ten tribes. So you have the, the final two tribes, and they are now in a state of rebellion against, against God. And the prophet Jeremiah has, is warning them repeatedly to accept the punishment of Nebuchadnezzar's rule. And they refuse to accept it. And they don't like what Jeremiah has to say about it. So they, you know, they, they 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 basically try to you know throw the guy in the bowels of the earth to get him to shut up, and then when they bring him back, the king bring you know gives him a nice dinner, uh, cleans him up, and then says, "Now will you essentially prophesy what I want you to say?" 
And Jeremiah's like, no, no, this is, this is our punishment. We deserve this. We couldn't handle our freedom. We used our freedom to indulge our sinful natures and God would not be a just and holy God if he didn't punish us for this. And so the people refused to accept uh, the word given to Jeremiah and continue their rebellion. Nebuchadnezzar's siege is one of the most br- brutal moments in Jewish history. And here's how it ends. The, the, the king of Israel who refused to accept the word of Jeremiah after Nebuchadnezzar has laid siege to the city and conquered it, Jerusalem. The king of Israel is brought forth with his wife and his family. And Nebuchadnezzar right in, has, has all of his loved ones murdered right in front of him. And then he has his eyes plucked out so that that will be the last thing that he ever sees. And then he's one of those that is taken off to Babylon as a prisoner. And then that's where the, the book of Daniel picks up from there. That's why Daniel's in Babylon. So there is a precedent for this notion that you, you know, we can, we, can, we can become the enablers of the very wickedness that we claim to be opposing. I've told the story before about some good friends of ours who kept bailing their son who was involved in, in, mm-hmm. in drug abuse out. And finally, one day we wouldn't let him do that. Okay. But that's different from, I had a friend of mine who was in politics and um, he was in elected office and he called me up once and said, Hey, you know, this guy in GOP leadership that keeps screwing us over, he's a really bad drinker, man. And he's, and he's gotten, I even got pulled over once and the cops let him go because they knew who he was and they didn't want a big scandal. But, you know, we were thinking about taking him out drinking one night and giving his car keys and just driving behind him and filming him as he swerved back and forth in the road to get rid of the guy. Do you think, is, is that biblical? I said, no. No, we, we don't tempt people to sin. That's not the, the Christian message is, to, is deliverance from sin. That's the opposite of that. Okay? Now, you know, um, if you catch him doing that and want to hold him accountable for that, accountability is part of the Christian message as well. But that level of entrapment because that's kind of what we're discussing here, really, is a, is, a, is a cultural level of entrapment. That's not what we do. All right? So, no. But, you know, it, it, is there a point in time where the judgment, of, and you have to understand, Jeremiah is a prophet that comes well after an entire e, a millennia of the Jewish people understanding how God operates, understanding what God's judgment looks like. This was not the first time they had been judged. So it's not like they should not have understood Jeremiah's message. They had been, they had been judged. They'd been dispersed several times already in their history. So there, there, the, the, the Christians should consider there is a time that God's mercy has had enough and a spanking is taking place. And you should understand the signs of those times and line up with, um, with your Savior, who's a just and holy God. But we shouldn't be seen trying to create and orchestrate circumstances that lead to that. Because That's different. Because the former yeah. is humility, accepting a punishment that you have coming. That you deserve. The latter yeah. That's is, the is, prisoner at the cross who says, hey, leave this man alone. We deserve right. the punishment we're getting. That's yes. called hubris. Right. That's a different H word. 
Uh, and listen, in, in fact, fact, that's a good, the two men at the cross are kind of the example yes, of this, right? Yes, it is. The one who says, hey, who are you? And then the one who says, leave this man alone. We deserve the punishment we have. We, that's the, which we, we need to be the one who says we're, we deserve it, but we don't also try to inflict that punishment on other people at the same time. We're here to deliver them. What Jesus' first public sermon, depending on which chronology you look at, whether it's the Sermon on the Mount or it happens in the Gospel of Luke when he comes right out of the desert and he's handed the, God, he's handed the scroll of Isaiah to read. And he, and he quotes from Isaiah 61, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. All right, and he goes through the messianic ministry, sight for the blind, to heal the brokenhearted, uh, to set the captives free. That's what we are, that's the Christian message ultimately, okay? And then ultimately when people reject it, there is a judgment, but we're not the instruments of that judgment, nor are we the ones who determine when that judgment is to occur. God is. Yes, and and don't think of these just in theological hypotheticals. Think about the the current cult that you are saying you should give this to, and actually what that would mean. I mean, it, if I if I accept your premise, say yeah hand my four daughters over uh and uh because of how a, a public i have been on certain issues uh we're going to um transgender them right before your eyes because that's what we view as just i there's i go down swinging hard there's i i don't assent to that on any level i've had over the years i've had pro pro-life leaders try to tell me when the whole idea of their their notion of faulty pragmatism well, Steve, uh, I've literally had him give me this example. Names you, some of you would know. Steve, a guy breaks into your house with a gun and says, I'm going to kill all your children unless you give me one. What do you do? Like, I'm supposed to give him one of the children, one of my children over there. Yeah, That's the pro. I'm like, because we're, we got to save as many as we can. In fact, I had a pastor give me this argument once. I said, pastor, love knows no greater love than this, that a man would lay down his life for his friends. You break into my house and say, give me one of your children, or I'm taking them all, you're going to have to kill me first. Exactly. You got to come through me first. I, I'm what stands between you and them. I don't give one of them over. Why are you kidding me with that message? And there's this is that's the main question that his question begs. I, if you assent to this, I have to give my if over you start willingly a, to if my you, children to if this. If you start with the idea that you played a prominent role in you even having a relationship with God, it becomes very difficult to then turn that notion off later on when these sorts of questions come to play. Eventually, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna assert your space next to God, your freedom, your space next to God's sovereignty. You can't avoid that. I don't know how when when you when you begin the equation when your math starts from me plus Jesus equals my salvation. When you start with that, it's going to be very difficult later on to then say. You know, I just got to accept the Lord's will, come what may here, no matter what. I can't wait to see the mail you get on this. Oh, it's, I, I, it's going to be vicious and spectacular, but not nearly as cool as the delete button I, that I'm going to utilize in response to it will be. Okay. So we guys a little dubious when I said we were going to tackle this questionnaire. You're like, how are we going to do 25 minutes on that question? Oh, no. And I'm never dubious on theology. Thursday. No, this is, it's gold, Jerry. It's well, gold. And, and I think we can't help it mix because the way you see your salvation begin and the, and the age ends is going to impact how you're going to act on your conscience between those two moments, won't it? Correct. I think it will. I think it absolutely will. 
So there's, there was no way to avoid those larger points if we're going to address this Agreed. question. That's why Which I is knew. exactly why I chose to address it. <laughs> right. You may send your notes and you may, you may meet my friend, Mr. Delete. We'll come back. Our good friend, weekly prophet of woe and lamentation, Daniel Horowitz, will join us next. Stay tuned. Hey, friends, please listen carefully. I got a very special offer we've got for you today. We're living in a world full of political uncertainty and financial deception, fueled by overvalued stocks and bonds, which have created massive financial bubbles worldwide, with one exception, and that's gold and silver, which have held their value over history better than any other asset class on earth. So here's our amazing special offer today to illustrate our commitment to helping you protect your financial future. Our sponsor, Swiss America, has agreed to, to virtually give you one of the most precious U.S. coins ever minted below their cost for just $18.50 each delivered while supplies last. That's right. This is an exclusive offer to our Blaze TV subscribers and Blaze podcast radio listeners, but you must call right now, 800-289-2646. Write it down right now. All right, 1-800-289-2646. They want to give you one of the most precious metal U.S. coins ever minted for less than 20 bucks. All right, if this thing doesn't appreciate in value on your $18.50 um, $18.50 initial investment, then we really are living uh, in, 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 in the end times. So call their bluff at Swiss America right now, all right? Own one of the most popular U.S. silver coins ever minted for less than 20 bucks, just $18.50 right now at 800-289-2646. That's 1-800-289-2646. Let's bring in our weekly prophet of woe and lamentation, Daniel Horowitz. Good to see you, my friend. How are you? We're doing all right, thank God. How are you, Steve? Doing very well here as well. Let's uh, let's get to. Um, uh, have you seen the ad the president ran during the World Series last night? Did you see this ad? I did not. Okay, all right, I want to ask you about it then. I would urge you to watch it though, because it's it's basically if they called hey called you and I up and said hey what ad should we run? Other than it uses the term illegal immigration and not illegal alien. Okay, um, it's it's literally an ad that you and I would cut if we were working on this together. All right, I think you will like it quite a bit. All right, but um, the the House moving forward with their impeachment inquiry uh, uh, proclamation. Here's a question that we were debating. Todd and I were debating this yesterday, and I want to get your take on this and see if you if 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 who which side you come down on, because I don't understand the Democrats' strategy here. I don't understand the 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 secret shift committee meetings. It, to me, I don't want to give the president moments like hero dog. I don't want to give the president viral moments like trying to figure out where to put the Halloween candy on an adorable kid in a minion costume at the White House. I don't want to give him the opportunity uh, to, to put out a commercial like he did during the World Series last night. I want to bait him into getting into the muck and mire of Washington with me. Because we all know he can't say no. He, he will respond like the Pavlovian dog. If they come hither, he will get into the mud with them. And I'd much rather have him doing that than cutting trade deals for manufacturing jobs and being presidential and making decisions. And so I don't understand this sort of passive aggressive process they're engaging. Now, Todd, you kind of think it's because they're they're trying to avoid as much backlash as possible with this, right? Well, it 
it's very if you think there's a high reward there it's also very very high risk for them uh it's something they've tried before and failed spectacularly on so it may be the way they ultimately need to go but they're trying to find the right moment okay so Todd thinks they're trying to spring this at the right moment. That's why this is all below ground. I I kind of think if I were running their team, man, I'd be like, we want to drag Trump. We want him tweeting witch hunt as many times as we possibly can because nobody likes that message except for people doing clickbait in conservative media. But what, where are you? You want to add? Let to me that? just add one thing because it speaks to you are the one, and I think I brought this up yesterday. You believe that Trump's always best with a foil, which doesn't mean he's always best all the time. So you, again, you you get him down in the mud, you may get that huge win, but you may also get that okay. huge loss. All right, so th- th- that was the perspective that Todd and I went back and forth on about this yesterday. Daniel, where do you come down on this? See, I only think he's good as a foil when he accentuates the radicalism of the left or on some quasi-cultural issue. Impeachment with Ukrainian phone call, it's too in the weeds where I think Trump could win as a foil. I don't think there's a lot for him to win on by focusing on it from his end, which is why, as you know, and this ties into the ad, which I didn't see, but from what you're describing, it sounds like MAGA done the right way. Um, To me, I think now is the time from Trump's vantage point to make it all about a real MAGA agenda, and then the Democrats will look even smaller rather than just focus on secrecy, secrecy, secrecy. Let it speak for itself, but I think Trump should also speak for himself on the issues. I mean, you know that's my bias. I'm always going to believe that um, principle is the best way to go. Um, As far as the Democrats, I think it's somewhere in the middle. I think – the problem with the Democrats is they're definitely smart at politics, sure as heck a lot smarter than Republicans, but they do make mistakes in the respect that they get roped into the um, serendipitous problem that plagues everyone in this era. So they they struck out on Mueller. What happened when this thing broke is they really thought they had something. And I, I, Jen, it's very clear they did. And they felt that because they had members teetering, they have a lot of members in districts that it's hard to get them on board in order to keep um, the House majority. They had to strike while the iron was hot. And I think they over um, – they, they bit off more than they can chew. And they figured that there was more behind it, that this was bad and there was even more behind it. So let's seize the moment. Now, as you all know, and this often works against us on stories that we think are important – um, everything is so big so instantly that you use up a week's worth of news cycle today in the mm-hmm. day and a month's worth of news cycle in five days. Mm-hmm. So they expended it. It's not, it really hasn't been the biggest news for most days the last three weeks. Um, it's been all sorts of other things. And so I think they, they, I don't think it was done by calculus. I think they did make a mistake. But once they did, then I do think that Todd is right in this instant that now they're like, wait a minute, before we try to rejuvenate it with lighter fluid, let's make sure we have some, uh, you know, kindling and and some some sticks under that uh, to make sure it sticks. But I can't. And this is and I understand why Todd has that perspective that you just articulated as well. Here's why I disagree with it. I cannot fathom a scenario, especially in the middle of a presidential primary where they've got candidates who would benefit, including their current front runner, Elizabeth Warren, who would benefit tremendously by going down this route. I cannot believe 
that they're going to come back and pull back from the brink after going this far. Their base will lose their mind. They'll burn down the state. They'll burn down the house of representatives and Elizabeth Warren will lead the charge because that's her base too. And she'll ride that thing all the way to the nomination. I can't imagine they pull back from the brink at this point. Do you? But, but Steve, I think there's something all of us are missing. How many people do you know could articulate in one or two sentences what the impeachment is over? No, I mean, really? I mean, articulate. What, what, here, what here, is it? Here's what that, the impeachment the is over. The impeachment See, is this, yeah. that if Joe Biden were not running for president and him and his son were engaged in corruptocrat behavior that was monitored by a bureaucracy that the previous president established to monitor the money we're giving to Ukraine, Trump did nothing wrong. But because Joe Biden is running for president, this now becomes an impeachable offense. You're only you're it, when you're running for office, you're immune uh, to actually ethics violations. Apparently, Daniel's right. Nobody knows that but, much. But but but, but that, that's what I'm telling you, Steve. I don't think. See, look, Clinton, the, the, the comeback line against the Clinton impeachment was it's not policy or politics or law. It's all about sex. Now. That that was a mis um a misnomer because it obviously is obstruction of justice and perjury, but people at least understood. I mean, and that's you know it's kind of raunchy doing that in the Oval Office. I mean, you can't miss that. Everyone everyone in America knew what was going on. Here it's like Clinton, you know, Trump went and did something with the Ukrainian minister money. I'm just telling you from a thirty thousand foot view. I agree with you. Yep. I don't know, and I think that's what they're struggling with. I think when they jumped on it, um, they are fed by the same Twitter bu bubble that that the we always hit the establishment Republicans on. I think the Democrats are also played by that, but I think they they thought that it, it would uncover some sort of massive, you know, like Watergate style vision, at least, but albeit on an international scale of Trump and his guys like doing something with the Ukrainians to work against, you know, a, a sitting American uh, See, presidential I, I, candidate. I think. I think this is where I disagree with you. I don't think they care about any of that. I think that this was, we, what did we predict after they won the House? We all predicted there's going to be an impeachment next year. It was always going to end here. All right. I do think they thought Robert Mueller was going to deliver them some goods, but this has, he has to be impeached because they lost. They can't handle it. He has to be impeached because he's a racist, white supremacist, homophobe, xenophobe. And, that, and, that, and that's exactly why they can't pull back. Do you know what their base will do if they pull back? And just say, yeah, we got to leave the xenophobe white supremacist. Debbie Wasserman Schultz is in Congress yesterday asking our buddy Ken Cuccinelli about his white supremacist, using that language, white supremacist immigration yep. policy. That's literally the question she freaking asked. You mean they're going to go back to those exact same people and say, guys, we got nothing. The white supremacist stays. Hell no, they're not doing that. Hell no, they're not. Steve, I agree with you that they can't afford to alienate their base. But I do think there is a strategy with the suburban voters that they got in 2018 that they didn't get in 2016 that they're going to need for 2020. But that strategy, it's stupid, but it but it can work a little bit only because Republicans are stupid, too, and not responding in, in the way I think they should by accentuating themselves. What is this election bat about? Let's let's make it very simple. If the election is about Trump and I don't mean anything specific. Because that's my whole point. On the one hand, they can't pull back. On the other hand, they can't go all in because there's nothing to really grab on. It's kind of odd, and you can't really describe it. 
So I think what they're doing is this middle ground, a general drumbeat of, you know, Trump's being impeached. What it's for, I don't know, but impeached, impeached. Because there are a lot of things that people do know he did or perceive he did. Um, clearly, I mean, that's incontrovertible. He is not popular. Um, his persona is not popular. It wasn't from day one, even when he won the election. Um, it's not popular with voters that Republicans absolutely need to keep the states that they have and certainly to win uh, the, the, the Midwest. That's obvious. He needs that. So I think what their point is, if the election is about Trump, he loses. I mean, do you agree, Steve? It's about, if it's about Trump, he loses. When elections if are about personalities, Democrats win. When they're about issues, Republicans win. But if it's about the radicalism of Democrats, which it's hard to get to now because it's just a generic slate. But I think what they're worried about is once you have one person emerge, then it becomes about them. They have a problem. So to them, if I were them, rather than like every day, okay, here are the child molesters we're letting out of jail. Here are the illegal aliens we're keeping. No, it's got to be Trump. Trump's corrupt, corrupt, impeachment, impeachment. Mm -hmm. That general drumbeat, it, it doesn't look very put together. But I do think there's something to be said about it. It perpetuates this negativism towards Trump's persona. They would rather make it about that. Now, look, if Senate Republicans every day would make Democrats take tough votes on like Heck, making English the official language. I mean, I was just dealing with that today. 50 million ideas, their whole thing would fall apart. But they know Republicans will do nothing but respond, oh, I don't like your tactics on impeachment. Yeah, I'm glad you but went Steve, there. Can someone tell me, yeah. I he's like a star, and I don't understand. When did Matt Gates become a genius? Do you know? Can someone explain to me, what is the strategy? This reminds me of the Kavanaugh defense. When Brett Kavanaugh's life is on the line in front of the country and they bring that uh, Nurse Ratchet character up there to, uh, to question, uh, cross-examine Christy Blasey Ford in the most boring process possible, only to be interrupted because of the time constraints. And then finally, Brett Kavanaugh went all F this noise. My freaking, you know, what's in a sling and my life is over. I'm, 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 going, I'm, I'm going off on this entire premise of this joke proceeding. They're doing the same thing. Gates and all these guys, hey, they storm Schiff's office. If you think impeachment they can't do, defend in, at a 30,000 foot view. These process arguments against it are just as bad. You don't want an open yeah. process. You want an end to the process. The process is a scam. Everything in government is a quid pro quo. Hell, yesterday, Bernie Sanders is out there saying, hey, if Israel doesn't recognize uh, Hamas's right to a state, I'm cutting off their funding. A, qu a quid pro quo. Why aren't they attacking the, pro the premise of this rather than the process of it? And how come Matt Gates keeps getting on Fox News every damn night to look great with the dumbest arguments imaginable against this can you help me with that well steve i think you answered your own question now you know why the democrats are doing what they're doing it's the best choice keep it going albeit low gear that get that sucks republicans into what process and perpetuating the narrative of trump's impeachment not either attacking at its core and going against their decivilization agenda um, and then you got the heroes of the right. Well, since when did that happen? Since we've become a progressive libertarian movement. I mean, Gates loves himself some drugs. Um, he thinks that uh, he had his own Hill alternative to the Green New Deal earlier this year. You remember that? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah the yeah. alternative to the Green New Deal. And, and, and can you tell me what the Democrats would propose? We would not have a quote unquote conservative alternative to, but we would just say, and the horse you rode in on, take that poop out of here. Do you know See, what they could possibly I mean, propose? We would say that too. 
Well, because you're a racist and you don't like trans conservatives. But I mean, trans conservative is a thing. And it's, you know, whether you like it or not. And and, and that's the thing. He said himself, I'm, I mean, almost in these words, I want to be the Republican AOC. But that's the point. It's Why working. the hell are we? Are we being the Republican AOC? Mm -hmm. um, why not be a Chip Roy and give a freaking vision on what it is we affirmatively believe in? But that's what sells now. And and I and I mean, this is what frustrates me. I mean, you know I'm a broken record. I must have written like 50 articles with rapists, robbers, gang members being let out of jail. No one serves time. Cops getting beaten up in New York. I mean, we could crush these guys. But no one wants to focus on what matters. I mean, I, th this is – and I think Democrats know this. Uh, so I, I, I agree okay. with Todd. I think right. it's – Now that you've explained the, it that way, yeah. you're, 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 you're right. You're, I defer. Todd, you were correct. Now that, <laughs> well, now that, now, now that I get the, the other side of this explanation, you're right. Todd is right. I think this is the difference between – and from the presidential candidate's perspective and what they want. Uh, they're, they're nervous about this to the extent that right now they can just demagogue in the way Daniel was talking about in a general way like Kamala Harris did on that one interview with Anderson Cooper where she says, uh, he, what, uh, Donald Trump is breaking all of the laws. No, Rudy Giuliani is. Rudy Giuliani, and excuse me. And then Rudy name one. And she can't name now one. Now they've yeah. got to get specific. And if you go full in on this thing, they're going to have to get specific too. And that means trouble for them as well you get the last word dan you got about 90 seconds go ahead exactly right but at the end of the day there's i'd be remiss if i would come on in a day like today and not mention one thing you want to know the blueprint of maga done right look at ron DeSantis, new uh, northern Preach. florida university poll mm -hmm. 71 percent approval rating now you think okay hispanics are somewhere cutting into it no no 82 percent approval from hispanics this is the guy who is pushing E-Verify. He already enacted anti-sanctuary legislation. Um, he is 56% 56, 56 approval among Democrats. He fought Gillum on jailbreak. Um, the whole racial agenda. Pushed out, Sheriff, pushed out Sheriff Israel, pushed him out. D didn't back down. Yep. MAGA done the right way. And, you know, I think that's the answer. If you cut out the clown clowning around, you cut out the personal problems, and you actually focus on, on an agenda— don't tell me it's not winning. And um, sadly, uh, no Republican in Washington has gotten that memo. Great stuff, Daniel. Good to see you as always, my friend. Take care. All right. Take care. Daniel Horowitz taking us inside politics here on uh, on Blaze TV radio and podcast. Do we know what we're doing for the overtime so I can promote that? Do we, do we know? I have not heard back from Kurt. Okay. So here's what we're going to do for uh, overtime because it is, it is Reformation Day. So we're going to talk about the five solas of the Reformation that are really at the heart of the, the debate and discussion that's been going on. And really, it's only a two of the, of the five, really, that are at the heart of the, and of the debate that's been going on here in the church now for, for half a millennia. Uh, so we're going to get into that today in the overtime. If you're a Blaze TV subscriber, if you didn't get enough Theology Thursday, we're going to give you some bonus content. If you're not yet a Blaze TV subscriber, you want to make sure you don't want to miss this, all right? BlazeTV.com slash Dace is how you can get a discounted subscription to uh, Blaze TV. BlazeTV.com slash Dace is how you can uh, watch not just our overtime today, but all of the exclusive content that uh, we produce each and every day here at Blaze TV. You have any final thoughts? Now that Daniel said you were right and I was wrong, or you no. just wanted George Costanza and just I'm gonna I'm gonna let that speak for itself. I, I get where you're at. And this is listen, the best Reformation Day a Catholic yeah, has no, had in 500 it's, it's years. Beautiful. But uh, again, the crazy voices in your head thing 
But just like it's fascinating between all three of us. Which one of us is listening to the more on any given day? <laughs> I, because it's and that's a, who's right. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, you might be right about that. All right, everybody else have a great day. We're back at it again tomorrow, noon to two Eastern, right after Glenn Beck here on Blaze TV Radio and Podcast. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace on the Blaze Radio Network. Thank <laughs> you.